0: Hello, this is Jody Cohen, and today we'll be mapping essential oils for the pineal gland on the 15-minute matrix.
1: Welcome to the 15 Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on the clinical relevance of the functional nutrition matrix, the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. The matrix is so important not only because it invites us to slow down, stop, and assess, but also because it reminds us of three very important factors in our care, recommendations, and outcomes. Everything is connected, we are all unique and all things matter. Be sure to head over to this episode's show notes at 15minutematrix.com if you'd like to see today's topic mapped on a downloadable matrix to remind you of these critical aspects of care. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with Jodi Sternoff-Cohen. Jodi is a best-selling author, award-winning journalist, functional practitioner, and founder of Vibrant Blue Oils, where she has combined her training in nutritional therapy and aromatherapy to create unique proprietary blends of organic and wild-crafted essential oils. She has helped over 50,000 clients heal from brain-related challenges, including anxiety, insomnia, and autoimmunity. Jodi, welcome to the 15 Minute Matrix. I'm so excited to finally have you here. Oh my God, it's such a privilege. Thank you for having me. We're talking about essential oils, but specifically about how they can impact the pineal gland. And I just wanted to start us off by talking into the gland itself, what it does, why we want to help support it. Can you just provide us with a little pineal gland primer?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Your pineal gland is a small, it's kind of pine cone-shaped endocrine gland, and it's located in the exact center of the brain, level with your eyes. And this proximity is what allows it to kind of assess light, and then it releases the hormone, the sleep hormone, melatonin, in
1: response to darkness. I love that. Yeah. I mean, its location is often located in the place we think of as the third eye, right?
0: Exactly, exactly. And it's actually correlated with the third eye and, you know, some extra sensory perception, because it it can release a hormone that they release when you do a drug trip or you die, that kind of allows you access to other senses and uh, other inputs.
1: This connection to our circadian rhythms is so important for so many aspects of our health. There's more and more connections now between circadian rhythms and the gut microbiome, circadian rhythms and the immune response, which of course is also connected to the gut, all of our hormone function. So when we're supporting the pineal gland, we're doing really full body system support. I always think of it as like kind of cogs in
0: the wheel, like your circadian rhythms really impact your digestive rhythms, your energy rhythms, your stress rhythms. They all work in harmony. And the more you can harmonize each piece, the more it's a little bit like an instrument. They all play together for the orchestra and the body just works better.
1: Yes. I love that analogy. I think of it often like a concert master as well. And the pineal gland, the way I think about it, jody is, you know, as light decreases, the pineal gland secretes more of that melatonin, which of course has actions in the cycles of sleep and wakefulness. And I'm always thinking of a dark room, but you're going to take us into a whole different modality of supporting the pineal gland.
0: Well, I love that your functional nutrition matrix really talks about environmental toxins and detoxing because most people don't realize that the um, pineal gland can get toxic from the fluoride in our water. From Stephanie Senoff has done some amazing research on how glyphosate can impact it, and it's a little bit like a perfect storm. So, those three toxins in combination can kind of calcify and build up around the pineal gland, which then compromises its ability to release melatonin. And in addition to supporting sleep, melatonin is such an important element in detoxification. It's a huge antioxidant. So the more you can kind of decalcify your pineal gland and get it operating in tip-top shape, the more not only your circadian rhythm, but your melatonin can, you know, support your health.
1: So what do we do there? What is the way that we would use the practices that you teach and employ to support that gland's function and detoxification?
0: Yeah, well, one of the interesting challenges with getting the right remedy into the right area of the brain is that it's really hard to pass through the blood brain barrier. Only super small fat soluble molecules like essential oils can get through. And the fastest way to get anything into the brain is inhaling it because the olfactory channel goes right up to the, the limbic area and near the pineal gland. So just inhaling certain oils have been shown to uh, do a couple of things. They increase blood flow to the area, you know, and dilate the vasculature so that more good things can get in. It also can help to, to kind of detoxify and, and move metals out. So it's just a great way of sending energy. It, it helps you really acutely target a remedy that can get right in there and then help to restore optimal function and clean out toxins.
1: Are there particular smells that are going to activate this gland in particular?
0: There's been a lot of research on lavender. And, you know, it's funny, like with essential oils and research, like The other oils that I really like are um, balsam of Peru. You know, all of these kind of resins like frankincense, myrrh, balsam of Peru, they're very grounding. And what that means is that they, they help with detoxification because they pull directionality. You know, our detox is a hydraulic system. Things go from the cell to the lymph, to the blood, to the liver, to the gallbladder, to the gut, hopefully to the toilet. And at any point, it can be compromised drainage, you know, can kind of get stuck. And then that is a challenge. And one of the amazing things, actually, probably the best feature about oils is that they're so good with directionality and moving fluids. You know, we all know that the roots lie in the ground and the leaves can be hundreds of feet in the air. And it's the oils that help kind of open flow and and movement. So they can be really powerful in drainage, um, in lymph movement, in dilating the vasculature, like uh, black pepper, especially is amazing for opening, um, blood flow and Cypress also a really good one during COVID times. It just helps everything flow better. Um, but what, what I talk about in the book and what I found is that when you combine different oils, it, it the synergy is better than the single oil. You know, like some supplements are kind of kitchen sink and people just throw them together because they've heard they work well. Other times, there's a lot of thought and intention That goes into combining herbs so that they really synergize and enhance each other.
1: Which is absolutely the way we hope to be addressing things, really not just looking at an X for Y, but thinking particularly what we're trying to activate or enhance or modulate within the body. How do we go about using the appropriate oils and when in the day? Can you bring us through some practices for particularly supporting the pineal gland?
0: Yeah, I like to apply oils right before bed, can help to balance the pineal gland, and then it shifts into balance and releases melatonin. The best place to apply the oils are the skin right above the ears. That's both where skin is the thinnest, so the oils can get through very quickly. And it's also level with your eye and with your pineal gland. A lot of times when I'm helping clients who have suffered from chronic insomnia, they're they're pretty stuck. So the other two application points that I would add is the very top of the head and the very back of the head, kind of where you can feel that indent. You could put it on the forehead, but people get weird with the oil, you know, on the face when they sleep. So I just, it drops compliance when I say that. So I just don't add that one.
1: And are you mixing both different scents and with some kind of carrier in that recommendation?
0: Yeah, actually in my book, I give out the recipe and my recipe is balsam of Peru, lavender, maluca, which is a kind of tea tree oil myrtle, myrrh, rose geranium, white grapefruit. And then I like to use fractionated coconut oil because it doesn't, it basically makes the oils last longer. It's a great kind of natural preservative.
1: That's amazing. And we'll link to the new book in the show notes. What about different ages? Is this an okay remedy to be using with children and even infants?
0: I I really try to be careful, you know, with anyone under the age of two. I just think it They're so sensitive and, you know, things get into them so much quicker, but I have had mothers put a drop on a cotton ball and put it in the crib so they can smell it that way. That's really the only way I do it with infants. If you're over two, you know, with children, they touch things and they put things in their eyes and their mouth. The safest place is really the bottom of the feet for a couple of reasons. The skin is the thickest. And so some oils are called hot oils oregano, thyme, cloves, cinnamon, peppermint, rosemary. It just means that when you put it on your skin, it could turn red or it could feel hot. But the skin on the bottom of the feet is so thick that it usually won't react that way. And also you have all these great reflexology points on the bottom of the feet. So as a parent, you can kind of look at what you're trying to support and apply the oil right there. And, you know, our babies never turn down a foot rub.
1: Right. I love that. And I always like to recommend that parents put oregano on the bottom of the feet when we're using oregano in some therapeutic way. So it's good to hear you say that when we're applying it as adults to the top of the ears, like you were talking about, or the top of the head, are we doing any kind of massage to get it in there? Or is it just dabbing it on? What's the best practice there?
0: The best practice probably would be to add massage because a lot of these points are reflex points, you know, and acupuncture works for a number of reasons. It's not just that the needle is magic. It's that you're stimulating that point and you can stimulate that point, obviously, with with touch and then also with oils. And there's some interesting research that I elaborate on in the book with using oils on those acupuncture points to really kind of hold the energy for longer. So yeah, you can do kind of like how much salt do you add to your food? If you have the time, absolutely do a little massage. If you're in a hurry, you're trying to put multiple children to bed and get mm-hmm. things done, you know, just dab it. It it, it will work
1: either way. I love when things are that easy to do. It's like just add sprinkle. I think of it as like magic sprinkles to our health routine. And I love that this can work like that as well. When you are using this with your clients, Jody, what kind of results are you seeing? You know, it's fascinating because I actually think sleep is
0: the most important factor of health it is non negotiable and people have tried so many things you know they're ambient addicts or they just stare at the clock all night for decades and they're they're really surprised they usually fall asleep really quickly and the The other thing that 's interesting is their dreams are much more vivid, much more lucid, you know because that means that they're in rem sleep, which is healing sleep for longer, so I always warn people you know you might have really powerful dreams, but it's been a real game changer because it's a natural, easy way that I can help people
1: sleep. And any adverse reactions? You know, the the one adverse
0: reaction, we were talking about rhythms earlier, and sometimes when their rhythms have been so imbalanced for so long, it can well, there are two potential adverse reactions. First of all, it can take a while to kick in and so they feel more alert. And usually what that means to me is the second issue, which is essential oils put you in balance. And whenever your body falls into balance, it starts to naturally detoxify. And if your drainage pathways are compromised, like if you're mobilizing toxins in the brain and the neck is congested, you're going to kind of feel worse. So if I ever notice a reaction, I pause them, I put them on binders, and I really focus on lymph, liver, and gallbladder for at least a good week or two before reintroducing the sleep oil.
1: I love that idea of like building the system. Sometimes the system needs a little s- structural support, so to speak, before we can even come in with the therapeutic intervention that we're thinking is right. And Jody, when I hear you talk about the mix of oils that you recommend for this, like I, I want to try this, I do sleep well, but I think like, I want to try this. And then it seems like a lot of oils for me, who doesn't Mm -hmm. mix oils. So how is it that you advise other practitioners to work with their clients or patients who want to try these things, but aren't necessarily as crafty as you are?
0: Well, I actually have a done for you solution that I can share with your audience. I call it circadian rhythm. And that's exactly what I was thinking. It's a lot of money and time to buy all the raw materials and make it yourself. But I also recognize that there are some people who you know, have been using oils for years, and they're they're very loyal to whatever company they like to purchase it through. So I just basically, my goal is to make it as easy as possible for people to have access to this natural solution. So we, we have a circadian rhythm blend, we have wholesale practitioner pricing and training, you know, or if their clients have been using a certain company for years and feel very loyal, they can share that recipe. I just, I I don't really, you know, many roads lead to Rome. I don't necessarily care which one you travel. I just want you to get the benefit of restful sleep.
1: I love that. And Jody, if there was anything else that you wanted to share with us about using essential oils to support the pineal gland, what might that be?
0: Well, it's not necessarily the pineal gland but one thing that i've noticed been really helpful for me there's an easy way to use oils to kind of calm an anxiety attack and a panic attack and that is to smell through the left nostril it doesn't matter what you're smelling it could be an orange peel where you know the oils live but when you're feeling anxious it's the right frontal part of the brain that's overactive And so anything you can do to balance that by activating the left frontal part will put the brain in balance. You'll feel less anxious. Your olfactory nerve goes directly from your nose to your left forehead. So just smelling something through the left nostril is a really great way to calm people down. And there is a huge correlation between, you know, the anxiety hormone cortisol and the sleep hormone melatonin. The more anxious you are, the harder it is to fall asleep. So that's just my favorite hack that I think has saved a lot of my friends during this interesting time we're living in.
1: It's true. And that's not just a hack. That's a total clinical pearl. So we've got a one-two punch there, calm yeah. the anxiety, and then be able to support the pineal gland for better melatonin production and sleep. Thank you so much, Jody. That was really fun. Oh, thank you. The 15 Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. Check out the latest in functional nutrition at functionalnutritionlab.com forward slash blog. The 15 Minute Matrix is produced, mixed, and edited by Rowan Bradley with production support from Natalie Merrill and the team at the Functional Nutrition Alliance. You can find episodes on all kinds of topics with more incredible guests at our podcast website, 15minutematrix.com. And if you'd like to be notified by email each week about our podcast releases, please head over to 15minutematrix.com forward slash notify. Also, we'd love to hear from you. We want to know your thoughts, your feedback, and who you'd like to hear next on the podcast. You can email us at ask at 15minutematrix.com.